So, hi, Goran. And I, I think Goran Opacic is pronounced perfectly. Excellent, 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 excellent. There's so, a version of Joran, Joran from Sweden, but that, no, no, my, my is Goran, yes. Goran and Opa- Sven Joran Eriksson, yeah, that's the same. Ah, okay. But I'm Goran. Goran, okay. And uh, what was your first computer? Uh, it was Spectrum, ZX Spectrum. Rest in peace, Clive Sinclair. That was like, that's... That's that was the best day I, I don't know in my life that uh, when I realized that I can do something more. So my father was a, a teacher mm-hmm. uh, in mathematics and physics, and he was like uh, uh, he was doing some uh, classes to some poor guy who didn't know maths very good. So, but his father bought him like Spectrum, okay. and I was like was just uh, in in, the, in in another room with a Spectrum, mm-hmm. and they were in the other room like having a class. And I was just like, what is this? Okay. And I was like 10 years old or something. That was, was 1980s. So I was like, oh, my God. So I, by the end of the class, I was just pushing my father. Father, look at this. This this is so, what is this? <laughs> so he actually bought this computer from this guy. So, wow, that everything started. So mm-hmm. after that, I had the, I jumped into Atari cl- yeah. Club. Wait a second. Atari what, what? ST. Why you wanted to have the Spectrum? So, I mean, for gaming or what? What you did with it? Oh, I, it was like a couple of games that I saw that, at mm-hmm. that moment. But mm-hmm. I was immediately interested in, like, what is, what's the physics behind it? You know, okay. so... And, uh, you know, my father was a very, very good teacher in maths. So people who went to faculties mm-hmm. uh, uh, came back, like, on, on summer holidays, came back to my father, and they would, like, bring some printed uh, papers from 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 the faculty it was uh, now i know it's fortran a, a long list of fortran pages okay. printed on wax machines but they brought this to me like a present when they were visiting my father so i was always l- looking at these things like trying to figure out what the hell is this so i was always impressed with the with how things work you know so that that's something like that that brought me in so i jumped in like uh uh, immediately started doing some basic programming in in, in 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 basic and stuff like that. So that's why I jumped into into Atari Club, not Amiga Club. I was not like really a gamer ever. I yep. always had some machine, some play Playstations or something, but I never played. <laughs> Just, I don't know why I'm buying these things. Yeah. Anyway, I, so I was in Atari Club more than a, more than a PC that was coming at the time. So what was your first uh, game or or game? So first. What was your favorite game on Spectrum? You remember that? Actually, like uh, uh, the, the the first one that I was really impressed was uh, not on Spectrum, but but was my on my friend's uh, Amstrad CPC sixty four. It was like a Manic Miner and Jet Set Willy, and then Head Over Hills. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was a crazy game with two characters, like so you can switch between them and they can jump over one one over another. So, and then on Atari, it was Defender of the Crown. Where okay. you can conquer other, so I mean, super, super, super okay. crazy stuff. And what was your first uh, Morse? Or what was your first basic application you wrote, or what you attempted to write? So you know, what was your yeah, first? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It was like a, you know, what biorhythm is? Where yeah, you have like yeah. cycles. Yeah, yeah. So there was a guy. I, I was, uh, I was in the, like in, uh, I, I was like fourteen or something, mm-hmm. and I I went to a computer. Uh, computer science competition somewhere in in Yugoslavia and uh, on the train there was a guy who was sitting just in, in the same uh, space with us like in the train and, and we were just talking about some stuff about computers and Tetris that was coming at the time something and uh, 
and then we realized that he's he's actually selling some stuff on 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 uh, in the in uh in, in malls you know mm-hmm. the shopping malls and they ha- he has always some stuff selling there you know and then uh i was actually uh, talking to him and said oh look uh, uh this is a biorhythm thing so you can mm-hmm. like uh, uh, show someone who's how uh, what how it, his life will look like you know so and then he realized but can i have it on paper mm-hmm. and i said well you can you have just have to buy a printer or something so that was my first deal, you know, like mm-hmm. I actually managed to sell one of my first applications on, in, in basic printing or something. I can't remember what was the printer at that time that you, that you, that you can print on. And then it, maybe it was uh, finished at the Commodore or something. So, but there was a, uh, you know, there's a girl in the shopping mall mm-hmm. just with, a, with just the keyboard of Commodore. Mm-hmm. Not a, not there's no, there was no screen also, only printer so you just type in the uh, your birthday mm-hmm. and press enter and it prints the prints the biorhythm so I always wanted to earn money from 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 yeah. this uh, from this thing just because it was like I don't want to waste time on things which are useless mm-hmm. so I just want things that that people I mean biorhythm is obviously not something that's no really... but uh, biorhythm was huge back then. And I had actually yeah. no no time, you know, to to uh, to look or no time. I always wanted to understand what's going on. But everyone talked about biorhythm back then, and I just remember some, you know, diagrams like curve where you're doing great, yeah. and then it just disappeared, right? So it was in one point of time, it was completely disappeared. So this was actually interesting. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just oh, there was always something, you know. So that's yeah. like uh, that, that's that, but that's another industry, you know. So do you feel good today, uh, Adam? Do, how do you feel today? I mean, yeah, do you yeah. feel good? Yeah, very good. If you actually. feel good today, the ne- next week you'll feel bad. So yeah, you know. So that's that's the biorhythm. So yeah, the problem <laughs> with bad, me, right? I, I usually feel good. You know, so the biorhythm yeah. doesn't apply to me. Maybe maybe your biorhythm is like uh, eighty years. Yeah, so. may- maybe I know I'm doing well, and then will Bi- die. This was like you know, this was like a zero <laughs> yeah. zero one or zero biorhythm in my case. You know. <laughs> <laughs> not the sinus or cosinus function. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, I love that. I like that. that. That's my next project. Okay, I, I love it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Always, uh, I always wanted to do something really practical. So you know, with Atari, you could actually do really uh, a lot of things because it it was it had a great MIDI interface. Was it XL eight hundred uh, Atari eight hundred? Uh, it was like uh, no, 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 no. ST. 500. Like oh, 500 ST. Star. This was a, but yeah. this is like you yeah. know, like a Mac Pro. It was like better than better than PCs at that time. Yeah, yeah. So this was like Mac Pro. I remember graphics. this was great, great graphics. So it's crazy, amazing mm-hmm. computer, especially with a with a super super great MIDI interface. But it was crazy so, expensive back then, right? I, I can't remember. You know, okay. Obvi- it was not obviously because I had it, so I, I was not like a, my my both fa- uh, uh, parents were like teachers in, in high school. Okay. So okay. So because it was not expensive. <laughs> I already I already remember that uh, Spectrum was or expensive, and and this 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 Atari was a little bit more. But um, yeah, yeah. But when was it? Nineteen nineties. It, it was at the end of 1980s. So uh, yeah. I was born in 74, you know. So uh, I went in the 1992. I went to my uh, to college in uh, in Belgrade in the School of Electrical Engineering, mm-hmm. and then I saw wax machines there. Wait That's, a second. Uh, what was the second? The biorhythm, obviously, it was a nice uh, your first basic program. What was the next one? I mean, after that, I jumped into like a, a 
desktop uh, the, the the printing publishing industry and wow. doing some stuff where anyone just who wants a book new book okay there's a guy who does that for like 10 times less money than other guys other people do with the because it, it was so easy and and, and uh, there's a software called calamus on on, on uh, atari that you mm-hmm. can that you could do that so mm-hmm. But it was always something, you know, like... So, uh, so what uh, you did exactly? What, so this was like you, you created like, uh, I don't know, layout software where you can just, you know, create your magazine or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, different things. Like before, it was before websites. You, yeah. you could just, you had to print, print stuff. So I had a school magazine. I have a, I also had the, like uh, books and stuff. But then, you know, like with all these things, like there's there's the end, you know. There's, the, uh, the, there's a software called Calamus that you could do everything like for... Mm-hmm. Uh, like Illustrator or something in design or something, so it, it, you just uh, jump to another thing, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I went to college and then I saw the completely new, new stuff. Like uh, 1992, 1993, I actually had a chance to test the first website, like wow. the HTTP D server. I saw it in 1993, so I, I did my first website in 1993. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff, like a. Uh, 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 microstations, uh, you know, like big screens. Uh, I was like all in Oak and Sed and other Unix stuff, uh, everything, you know, like uh, completely in, in web, you know. Okay. I was, uh, uh, it, it's, it's also like a, a strange time because the, the, it was the, uh, the beginning of the war in Yugoslavia and there was like a no, uh, the internet connection that our, that our faculty had at that time was really like super slow. Mm-hmm. So, uh we actually managed to uh use the thing called UUCP if mm-hmm. you remember that it's it's a thing that you can you can split a big file into giant number of uh, 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 like ascii character mm-hmm. uh, emails and then send the file send these emails to someone else and then he can reco- uh, recombine them into a file into original so during the night we would just send an email to some uh, site in america and they can they can, they, they would send us a file split into enormous number of emails and so we can recombine it there so imagine like the first linux i ever received was you through uucp mm-hmm. wow <laughs> just amazing okay i'm okay. um, amazing you know so uh the the when you don't have resources you really have you become like creative and that's uh, ucp was like amazing at that time but then the internet came and stuff just changed though so it, it was uh, when it, when you can, when you have resources, it's you you spoil yourself, and then then you do things the easy way. So and then like in nineteen ninety five six, I actually something like I ninety six seven. I don't know. I, I saw Java first time, with, on, on, and I actually tried it on Sun Microstation something. Why like, uh, were oh. you somewhere you now in the in the Yugoslavian back then a research lab, or why you had always access? No, to... it was my faculty, like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was a refugee from the war, you know, so I had like no money. Okay. So I would like work on a, on my faculty computer uh, center mm-hmm. during the night. So, okay. No, there was, and it was strange because during the night, like there's always like a strange group of people, IT guys, like being there and doing mm-hmm. stuff, hacking or or exchanging ideas, and so so I would never sleep during the night. Mm-hmm. So I had all these wax machines, all the all microstations, <laughs> everything uh-huh. just for me and for a couple of other guys. Yeah. You know? And just for a couple of, for for some small money, you you have like a superpower at that time. You know, it's it's it... so that, that that's the best thing in faculty. Yeah. You know, I... not 
classes, just all these people and, and all these machines. Yeah, first, uh, what I also like is, you know, the mood, be, being at night somewhere. It's this complete different, yeah. I don't know, mood, right? It's like uh, the, just how to explain. It is like complete different energy if you, you know, alone yeah, someone. Yeah. 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 And yeah, um, these days, I, I, yeah, these days I check if my wife sleeps, you know, I, I checking, is she, is she breathing? Okay. So once I'm clear, you know, once she sleeps, I, I just take my uh, computer and I can do anything, you know. Oh, right? so, but so why, I have to why escape, you, are, you know? Now a little bit disappointed because I thought, you know, you would create a Raspberry Pi with a with a breathing sensor, so it, you can <laughs> you can automate yeah, yeah. the check, right? But um, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. was in uh, in a hotel in Amsterdam and I had to check out uh, early, and the hotel I don't know whether it was manager but someone you know on the desk, tell me you know in the night. I'm the king of the hotel. There is no one, just me. Exactly. I'm. Uh, this was a huge hotel on the airport, you know, uh, uh, Amsterdam. He told me, um, but you know, everything belongs to me. It's quiet. I can do my work, and then I go home. So this was actually interesting. I, I thought about this a lot because, but, but, yeah. but you can do be you can you can be alone even with every everyone alone, like in in the, in the industry, you know, like uh, at these days mm -hmm. in 1990s mm -hmm. when the first web things uh, came up. Mm -hmm. I was able like to be the first one in the country to build a website. Yeah. First one to like try the CGI bin something. Like maybe a couple of more people would would actually try to connect something uh, dynamic to a website, you know, mm -hmm. because it was super easy. Now it's much harder to to be on some edge, you know, so but it's possible, still possible. You you see that with with, with Lambda, you know, with uh, mm -hmm. serverless and uh, there's always something new and you can be on that edge. You can jump but, to that edge and cross everything and, and still be alone there. And there's a lot of space for you. Yeah, so you can explore. but you actually don't have to be the first. This is the interesting part. So um, my main impression is even if you come, you know, five years later, uh, you, are, you are one of the first because what you can do it, you can do it right. At the beginning, there's lots of mess, you know, no one knows what's going on and there's lots of wasted effort, I would say. But if you wait a little bit, after the dust, you know, settles, so then you can do something more effective. So you can go to clients and say, now, now go this route, this works. Otherwise, you know, you will spend time, lots of experiment, experimentation. I'm not really sure whether you will learn something new because, you know, no one knows in which direction it, it, it gets. And by the way, I can also break a little bit. Um, I think I wrote one of the first servlet applications because I got a contract back then to create CMS system with Perl, I had no idea about Perl, so I waited until the Java server thing comes out, and this was the Java web server, and immediately after it came out, I just downloaded that. Um, so this is what I remember. So, but this was actually yeah, I, I did my first CGI bin in Perl also, like uh, okay. that's uh, co connecting some. I can't remember what was the database, maybe even Microsoft Access or something. Yeah, and, yeah, but nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you, you spent time, you know, hacking nights at some microsystems. Do you did you like Java back then? Uh, I, uh, on the faculty, you had C, you know, like assembler and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really like understanding what's what's behind all these things. You know, I really enjoyed like having classes with, about uh, how the, the computer works. You know, and okay. that's something that we all need. We need we need to understand what's behind all these things. It's not just you should not just jump to like serverless and completely ignore whatever happens behind. You know, so. 
you, that's that's the, that's the road to trouble. I, I'll give you some examples later so, well, how how I failed several mm-hmm. times because I I thought it was just going to be managed like something, you know. Mm-hmm. So so we need to understand what's behind, you know. So in in that terms, I really uh, uh, I really liked Assembler and C, but when I saw Java, I said, oh ho oh, oh, ho, I can do a lot more things. Like so, one of the things I did like in in 1998 was a uh, something like a uh, Google Maps. You're okay. actually drawing a map, and there's a there, the, the the guy provided the, the data, uh, and so I was drawing an applet. Amazing, yeah. That's a next gen, like just uh, so you know. Uh, the thing is, like, if you're in the right place, like if you are in Google or in a position to get a lot of investment at that time, you can you can build Google. If if you, uh, in my case, I, I I saw something like a Google, but I just but they didn't have like enough money or something. So yeah. you couldn't proceed. But the technology and capability of Java at that point to, to draw a map in, in, yeah. in, in a browser at the time where the browser was so bad, you know, like mm-hmm. you could have like maybe one or few tags, like mm-hmm. for image or stuff, a couple of a couple of uh, HTML tags and that's it. It's not like the, the, the things that we see today. Like, so the, the, the applets were just bringing life to, 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 to the world. Yeah. At that point, you could, you could do something really complicated. Yeah, and people started doing a lot of really too yeah. many complicated. What I remember, this was around two thousand, a little bit later. So we had a JBoss project, and uh, there were power plans, uh, you know, uh, management of power plans, and uh, there are huge projection screens where you see all the you know all the connections yeah, between yeah, various exactly. parts, and um, and they were uh, they they ran in uh, on on very expensive sun stations. And we did a proof of concept, and a student created actually Java 2D application back then, which did the same in an applet or in Swing. So actually, it was it looks like Google Map. It was not a map. It was like you know the, you saw where there's a defect in the in the connections. So it was amazing, and it ran as quickly as the native you know C program from the visualization perspective. So Java was always great, actually, if you did it right. Yes, yes, yes. I mean the the. The thing that I can uh, say now, like it's 2022, and uh, uh, today we're using some pieces of code in mm-hmm. serverless lambdas in Java, in AWS, mm-hmm. the same code that was running like 17 years ago in my uh, Tomcat or something that was uh, uh, like the, the part for resizing images or some, some yeah. things with manipulation of images, the same code still runs, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's amazing that you can continue thinking and having the same tool that's, it's only getting better, you know, so, but the core is there, so yeah, you you, you can enjoy the benefits of all us collecting this knowledge. So one of the notions that I had, like, when I saw you jumping and trying stuff with serverless and CDK, I was really happy because <laughs> I saw the thing that uh, uh, all these excellent Java programmers uh, that 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 participate in in in, uh, in in Java EE world, you know, they all know about these complex things, distributed things, and and stuff like that. So, if you just try to put your knowledge into something really new, maybe there's going to be a huge jump for or because now all these kids like are starting from scratch. Yeah, they have to learn everything again. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, and I'm, uh, uh, you do you remember where like uh, 
six, seven years ago, there was like Java one. And uh, I think you were, you were also there and the, the atmosphere was like bad. Everyone was feeling bad. Like this is the end of Java EE. It is stuck. What is going, what is going to happen? Do we have a strategy for the cloud mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And then all things started like to, uh, to happen like Jakarta and every, all other mm-hmm. things like Java EE world moved, but they didn't have a solution proper solution for cloud. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the CDK now in Java, what you're doing, it's actually what 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 should have happened. You know, like that's it. That's the Java EE in cloud. Mm-hmm. And all these things that we did, like uh, like uh, uh, messaging and and stuff like that we did in Java EE, that were supposed to be on one server. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, in one uh, in, encapsulated on one server. Now it's just distributed in real cloud, you know. So this is it. Just take that knowledge, apply it to some, some new platform. And uh, once we see all these people coming to the cloud, all these smart people from Java E world, it's going to be a huge thing, you know, because now kids are doing something from scratch, as I said. So it's, it's, yeah. There's a lot of bad things going on. What I noticed later, uh, it's several conversations also we know with these uh, uh, application server vendors and, uh, and uh, we have different perspective. So we are user of the application servers in Jakarta e service, and the server vendors they don't see the projects. So I had uh, always, you know, interesting conversations with the developers with application servers. So, for instance, I think I stopped using Java e clusters 2005 or six a long time ago, uh, and um, and then what we did we had you know um, no not that maybe 2010 as Docker came out. So and for me the application servers were just you know productivity gain. I didn't want it to deal with the dependencies, nothing. I just wanted to write my business code and and ship it somewhere. So strangely enough, this was serverless. I never cared about the vendors, exactly. right? right? Exactly. So uh, from the beginning of J2E, for me J2E and Java E and MicroProfile was actually I'm a one-man show consultant, a survival strategy. Without Java E and Jakarta in MicroProfile, I will have to learn every single vendor, and I, and I have no interest and no, you know, no time to do that. So for me, it's like I don't care about the service; I care about the API. I would like to be productive, and whether it runs in cluster or whatever, I don't care. I would like to write the logic. And um, you remember, you know, the thin wall discussion, and this was hugely successful. Yeah. But um, and uh, it still works, and it still works on premise, uh, and works in Kubernetes or Docker, whatever. But what happens right in the in the pandemic time or two three years ago, I was asked to you know to uh, to help clients to solve use cases which are not easily solvable on premise, like you know having uh, a high availability with you know two data centers which are far enough, and my clients have only one data center. Then you know. Uh, encryption and rest, uh, encryption and transit with uh, SSL certificate rotations. Okay, now it's over. Forget you know on premise. Yeah, it's too we, much. We it's have too much. To, we yeah. have to go to the cloud. We will pay a little bit more, but if you move to the cloud, this is completely stupid to do the same what you did on premise, because the clouds have complete different possibilities which you have on premise. So on premise, Kubernetes, Docker, whatever is fine. In the cloud, pick whatever. You pick and and I mean the only answer to Java E for me is serverless because they are exactly the same the the same concepts and what you said to me you know uh, like um, what I see the cloud like exploded application server 
But I already saw that in Java 1 as um, Oracle um, back then announced the FN Java project. And I looked yes. at how it works. This FN Java, it's like, this is actually like an application server, but this is exploded. You know, there's a Lambda. It, it, there are warm functions. You, 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 the, the, the words cold start and warm start. This was like, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. And so for me, you know, uh, I always knew we can pick servers who are small, Whitefly and Payara. We could just take the server and push it to the cloud. So for me, it was it was absolutely the cloud cloud native discussion. I never participated because it was clear it it can work. But for me, is why I should do that, right? Why I, why an application server in the cloud is better than application server on premise? But now we are talking. If you are forced to go to the cloud because you need to you know global caching, uh, you need. Uh, in my current projects, we have a crazy high security uh, um, uh, requirements. Then, if I go to the cloud, I won't run to know Whitefly anymore. Lambda is the first idea. So I'm so okay. Can we run it yeah, in Lambda, yeah. right? And and the next thing is, uh, if you would like to upload something, why I have to do it with JaxOS? I can just upload it straight away to S3 bucket. And listen to exactly, the event, right? Exactly. So so if, yeah. uh, why you, I you have to new, use new tools, you know? You yeah. Ask. Uh, let, let me give you like a five-minute story how but, I became. But a, I w I'm just interested to know what happened between your your first Java program and Airhacks workshop where we met the first yeah, time. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, give me five minutes. I'll I'll tell you how how you made me some problems. How you some problems to me. You know. Oh. So yeah. So uh, uh, I enjoyed like uh, some of your first sessions. It was like Java Police or DevOps. So that, uh, I think that it was still Java Police. Maybe that, that okay. some, some of the first thing that I when I saw you and and my uh, we always like ten people in my company. Okay, so so like uh, for twenty years I have my own company. Okay, what's it's the like, what's the name of the company? It's called Estech. Like whatever. Estech. Like it's okay. Anyway, so it's a uh, uh, so one advice for everyone: if you really like technology. And you have your own company. Don't sell it. Mm -hmm. Don't sell it. It's a great playground, so you can take a test any technology that you like. You know, with with your product. So, so. But if you're a business guy, if you want money, just sell it. Okay. Anyway, so uh, uh, the the, pro the 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 main product that we do is like a, a application for mobile sales. So you have people, Salesforce uh, on ground, and maybe technicians, blah blah blah, having mobile devices and. Do, uh, they uh, exchange some data with servers and stuff like that. So it's it's a huge application. We have ten thousand uh, or so active users in every second. You know, like sending some requests to some servers and stuff like that from from the. And also, like we exchanging data with other retailers, uh, companies, uh, factories, blah blah blah. Anyway, so millions of messages running around, and after twenty years, you you of growth, you know, you have a lot of lot mm -hmm. of that. So at, at some point of time, when, when we started, so look at this. When we started 17 years ago, we actually uploaded a VAR to some provider that was providing Tomcat as a service. Serverless. <laughs> so it worked like 17, 18 years ago, 2022. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it was 18 years ago, it was like the first thing where how we deployed it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, it, there was a so, there was some MySQL database there, and so it it just worked. It was like a super easy, super simple solution. But after some time, you know, you grow, and then you realize, okay, you need another server, and another, another, another. You and, and then you start adding stuff. And then uh, a couple of years ago, after that, uh, a couple of years after that, we we actually moved to Hetzner in Germany. It's like a I, I recommend like 
just a purely technically perfect company, like doing yeah. a super great job. Excellent. Like super performance servers, everything yeah. was fine. So I was completely in uh, as, a, as, a, as a business owner, but also as a technical guy. I did actually dive into MySQL completely. I'm that's that's half of my uh, love in technologies in, in, in relation to databases. So I was in completely, you know. So why not Postgres? At, at that time, like uh, okay. MySQL, and, and I mean, even today, I would say that MySQL is like much easier. But uh, defaults in MySQL and uh, and the way you 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 can jump in and start. Uh, using it, it's it's. It, I think it's better. You but know, if but, you if you would uh, start a project right now, would you choose Postgres or MySQL? I would put, choose Postgres actually because more popular and no. Well, look at that. Like it's a. Uh, what does it mean more popular? Like it's it's a really complicated question. But I would say like uh, there are differences mm -hmm. the way things work. You know, I don't want to do vacuum on my database. Yeah, I don't yes. care about that. You know, yeah, you're right. So mm -hmm. you see that. That one, just one thing, and and then when you start thinking about that, like, okay, what's important for your database to just run, and you mm -hmm. don't care about what what's going on. So there's a lot of things you know just to say, and also like, it's uh, it doesn't break on every single thing. I don't like uh, I don't care about some stuff, you know, like uh, to be super precise. Mm -hmm. Like for example, if you do a select with uh, and group by something, you know, you don't have to name all the columns in the select. Mm -hmm. It's stupid not to do that, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, if you do some uh, count or group by. So uh, Postgre will always say, okay, no, 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 you can't run this. Okay. You can't run this. You can't. So, yeah, that's looking. So it, that's, that's the way. So anyway, I, I would, uh, uh, in, in terms of what I would do today, it's mm -hmm. more complicated. Let, let me get okay. back to that. So, uh, so that at that time, uh, we started using Java 2EE and, mm -hmm. uh, Try to do something great, mm -hmm. and then we saw you somewhere on okay. DevOps or something like preaching how everything is so easy and mm -hmm. so cool. And then mm -hmm. just you type in something in five minutes, and all my developers say, "Are we stupid? Are we all idiots? How he can do this in five minutes?" And and I will say, "Look at this! Look at this guy!" So what are you? What are you trying to make a, like a super complicated stuff? Like just connect two things, and then that it will work. Mm -hmm. You know so. And then we started working, 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 and Java 2 EE was a mess. It, you had to write so much, so much of code to do something. So we were super happy when when we when the things changed with Spring and stuff like that. And we jumped in immediately, moved everything again. And uh, then also, then again, we saw you preaching like, oh, but, but wait a second. Uh, I never, I never promoted the J2E old stuff. So no, no, no. I'm saying like I'm saying that, uh, that you were preaching how things are easy, you know. So yeah, but and, what, uh, what, what I did it? on stage Ooh, always is actually what I also do in projects. So what usually happens in my talks is, so what I what 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 you see on stage, what I'm doing is usually what happens in projects, you know, one or two years before. Because I don't like like to pref to 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 prepare a lot, you know, for the conferences. So if someone asks me about something, I know, okay, uh, I offer something we are, which I don't have to prepare. So uh, back then, I remember um, I started maybe with Java five. Uh, this was the very first, uh, and why I did it because all my clients did something completely different. They had code generators and you know deployment descriptors, and I really hated that. So my answer to that was like a rebel. So, okay, I go to conference 
and 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 talk about how it should be done right. This was this was my answer, right? So this is what I did. So surprised me that I showed something complicated. So so no no no. Let let me clarify this. Yeah. You showed exactly how things should work, ah, okay. and that was great. Use the platform. Yeah. If there is a, a message queue there, use it. Yeah. If there is thing, just connect things. It will work. Yeah. You can use like Glassfish, Payara, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then, you know, like it, it was, it looked so easy. Look, so yeah, we okay. dived in. Okay. Um, okay. So one of the things that we actually made, uh, uh, that we dived in too much, maybe it was like implicit things, like implicit transactions. Okay. Distributed transactions, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let, let me now tell you how I became an AWS data hero. Okay, so that's another thing. Okay. okay, that's a group of people in from that 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 they AWS pays some like a ticket to reinvent once a year, and we always say bad things about oh this product doesn't work, this product doesn't. Work. We always complain, but they still happy about us. Okay. Anyway, so uh, after a couple of years uh, using Hetzner, uh, it was too much like to to manage the, the, the database primarily, you know. Okay. And uh, so we decided, okay, that's it. Now we're moving to AWS Aurora, which is a managed My, uh, MySQL Postgre database. Okay. At that time, we actually exchanged money with you. I actually paid a, a, a session with, uh, with my colleague to come to to your uh, session in Munich mm -hmm. and to see to, to see to check are we doing these things properly with Java mm -hmm. E. When was and it? Roughly? We can five years. So okay. So, uh, it's a Munich airport, so it's always nice, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 great. I I mean. So just just like you know this disclaimer, okay, we exchange money. So anyway, uh, the, we we actually verified that the model that we are doing was good at that time. That's something I, I try to ask you a lot of questions like, is this good? Is this good? Is this good? Because I was always like worried that something will crash or something. But mm -hmm. and then like okay, so this is it. We did everything properly in that world. But then we moved to 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 AWS, and like the, one year after the, the we started database crash the database doesn't work mm -hmm. what's it okay so you you have a, you contact your support we have a paid support so they should re respond in an hour and then in an hour they didn't fix the database this was AWS, they, right that, that, yeah 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 okay. so the whole system relies on a big giant mysql database you know that's one of the biggest mistakes okay that that that, that people do so anyway like one big database doesn't work it's one hour. It's two hours. It's three hours. It's complete panic with our clients. Okay, they have mobile devices which work completely offline. Other companies that contact us have a, have some queues with retries on their side so they can send <laughs> some messages. But anyway, it's four hours. Mm -hmm. It's five hours. It's six hours. Like, I'm completely mad. I'm calling all, all the people I know in AWS. Everyone, you know, like... So in six hours, people, some uh, team in Seattle actually uh, gathers, and then we have have a, a conference call, and then we talk, and then and they they then they fix something, you know, mm -hmm. and they say, well, look, we will just fix fix it now, but don't use this database in production. <laughs> what, what? Okay, so it's like a huge database, mm -hmm. like uh, four terabytes of data. You cannot just easily copy paste that database from from uh, Ireland to Germany stuff like that it, it's it's hard okay mm -hmm. we tried to use the, the the replicated database in Germany mm -hmm. from servers which are in, in Ireland 
and it just didn't work. You know, it's like too too big latency for for that okay. Java EE application. You know, which is with all these transactions and blah 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 implicit stuff. So what you know, like after that, I was like completely shocked. Like uh, that that was a nightmare. Like six hours, super hot. You know, uh, mm-hmm. if, if 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 people cannot use our software, to shops tomorrow in in our countries in the region won't have milk, won't have like cookies, stuff like that. Things won't won't be shipped. Okay, I was like, what the hell just happened, you know? So I was trying to get the answer. Mm-hmm. So it was so hard to get to the real technical guys, you know? So this is fixed, move to another database, blah, blah, blah. Just recreate the database, blah, blah, blah. After a month, same thing happened. One hour, two hours, three hours. Okay, but then I actually had a, had a good contact and they actually fixed it again. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, that's that's an emergency. So look at this. So they sent me uh, two guys to, to Belgrade to uh, actually to Novi Sad, which is close to Belgrade. But anyway, so uh, guys from Amazon, like uh, young uh, software architects, and one of the first thing they asked me, like, why do you use transactions? Mm-hmm. I was just like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm using transactions all around mm-hmm. all these years. <laughs> I mean, I cannot just. Even if I want to, to do something smart today, like saga patterns, anything, like it's going to take ages for me to move to something like that, you know? Yeah. So, so I said, okay, look, look, just if you didn't use transactions before, just please don't consult me. Okay, just start, just give me an idea of what happened, you know? So they, they dived in into some database and they said, okay, guy, you're using, you, they say that there was a transaction that was running for a month and a half in your database. Okay. So when there was a, some glitch in AWS server, the servers usually just restart, and then you, you you probably don't notice that, like maybe a restart to a server. But the server couldn't start because there was a transaction mm-hmm. in the log that mm-hmm. was one and a half months old. So it was tried to replay the logs mm-hmm. from the, the from the transaction, and it, the server couldn't do that because mm-hmm. it was one and a half months. Mm-hmm. What the hell? I'm not running anything like for a one and a half months. What yeah. transaction of one and a half months? It's crazy. Like there must be something else. And I was back in my like darkness, darkness, darkness during the night, days and nights thinking, like not talking to anyone, like my wife. And I was just so angry. I was angry at AWS. I was posting questions and uh, complaining, 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 you know, especially when they send me back, uh, when they say, okay, we'll give you $10 for like two, two these, uh, for these two outings. Yeah, it's a great. Like, so how, how you invested the money? So if you would invest in all the $10 Bitcoins back then? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So then, look, so then I was talking to my developers and we were saying like, okay, guys, they say that we have a transaction that was running for a month and a half. What kind of transactions we have? I mean, the application server, software? right? Remembered the transaction. So then I remembered, we are still using the best advices. We are using Java JMS. Mm-hmm. JMS. Are we using distributed transactions everywhere? And they say, of course we use it. It's just implicit. It's already, it's, it's everywhere. So, so why would we write transactions by ourselves? Because if we write trans, start and then transactions, so every developer has to start and then transactions. They have to think. Mm-hmm. If we don't, if we do everything implicitly, they don't have to think. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the thing. So what happened actually was that we were using Java EE servers mm-hmm. with distributed transactions with ActiveMQ and MySQL. When the transaction failed on MySQL side, it was still open on, on, uh, on, uh, uh, on, I mean, it failed 
It started, but it didn't finish. It didn't commit. Yeah. Okay, it didn't roll back on, on my SQL side. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 the application server was actually running in Docker mm -hmm. on, on one of the EC2 machines. And when it restarted, there was no history. There was no rollback in application server. Because but application server does the rollback for yeah. distributed transaction. But this is what I usually always say in the workshop. So what I do, I show uh, the students always, actually, XA exception, why two-phase commit doesn't work. And uh, what I also say, if you are running cluster, the migration of the transaction log is very crucial. Yeah, and there exactly. is usually exactly. and there is usually no process in most companies, so the clusters are yeah, actually yeah. not working yeah. in most projects, right? So, so you know, we always listen to these good things. You know, like when when Adam is saying how things are easy, we enjoy that. And then when you listen to all the bad things and all the things that you have to take care of, you know, maybe you skip something, you skip one line, blah blah blah. But the thing is, it's not so easy to think about all these things, you know. And then when you move to the cloud, you have to adapt what is native to the cloud. So yeah. in, in the cloud, being too tight with all, uh, uh, having all these services connected too tight, like uh, uh, like uh, JMS and, uh, and, uh, and database and stuff makes a big problem because everything is under one big transaction. Everything is waiting for something else. So you have to cut that yeah. and start thinking again. It, and that's in, hard. Yeah, in, in the cloud, if you, if you don't use uh, transactions, but deep you have to use something different and uh, for instance for sqs you know there's this visibility timeout which yes, for me yes, it yes. is identical to transaction and if you do it wrongly you get exactly the same effects with transactions yeah. of, but no would you say that developers now have to be really smart and with implicit transactions and all these things in java e and the way you preached how things are easy like it was easier when you just don't have to think about that no um and now it's you still have to easy. think Maybe you attended the one workshop which I didn't mention that two-phase commit and XA exceptions are uh, impossible to do because I had so much trouble with two-phase commit and XA in for years. So I always mention yeah, this exactly. in the workshops. Maybe yeah. this time yeah, not, yeah. but uh, yeah, we had of course in one I'm joking. You know, yeah, so. we had in one project. Yeah, of course I'm joking. In one project, it was 2003. There was a DB2 and Informix, and both is IBM. And two-phase commit didn't work there. This was nothing about cloud. So uh, the problem is the two databases two, from a single vendor didn't understood two-phase commit. And since then, I, tr I always tried to, to avoid, you know, uh, two-phase commit. And on-premise on right now, for instance, Postgres or MySQL, I like really the idea of Debezium, which, you know... Uh, in the Bezium, you can, in single transaction, write to a database and to Kafka without two-phase commit. And in the cloud, DynamoDB with DynamoDB streams, for me, is identical yeah. principle. Yeah. So you can have, you know, a one transaction, a real transaction, write to DynamoDB and uh, register Lambda, which receives, you know, the data. And, and, and But, I mean, for me, it is... But I'm afraid that developer has to be really uh, smarter than before. You know, like... Now you have to understand the problem yeah. that if you, if you don't do that properly, you can have a lot of issues, you know, like yeah. with, with, with a distributed rollback, you can be really safe in some things, you know. So, you know, it's moving from that platform that we did at that point, you know, to what we do today, yeah. it took us, it took us like uh, three years or something. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I got some money at the end from AWS because I was complaining a lot and I was like complaining at Twitter, complaining at blah, blah, blah. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot about uh, MySQL and Amazon and Aurora. I just got certified on everything, blah, blah, blah. 
So like they actually co- said, okay, would you join this club of AWS Heroes? And uh, ah, so you do you have to complain much. a lot? So, okay, yeah. So I so I, so I don't compl- so like like I won't complain too much, you know. But I want to say to everyone, like, don't think that uh, moving to the cloud is just moving what you all previously had to another server or to like Kubernetes or stuff. I'm not a big fan of Docker anymore. You know, like that's it. That was the old thing. Kubernetes is just another way of just bringing these servers to to some like other location like cloud or something, but it's not cloud native. That I, I would exactly. say it's just like yeah. I'm glad that you see this way because I I don't understand Kubernetes in the cloud at all. I don't know whether you played you know or use Kubernetes on AWS EKS. For me, it is a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it using is a mess. It production. I, I yeah. mean, you have to to have you know the Kubernetes users maintained. You have the uh, IAM users. They have yeah. to be in sync. The entire you know permissions concept yeah. is way too complicated with Kubernetes. So this is my personal opinion. But what so, interests me is um, if you let's say would ignore the the simplicity of Java E and you would start from day one you with Zaga pattern microservices. I I I think you it would be worse. So what you did the mistake maybe you, you moved you know one to one to the cloud without rethinking yes, you know the yes, distribution. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, but yes. I think on exactly. premise it just worked perfectly, right? Yeah. <laughs> when it works, you say it works perfectly. Okay. But when then you realize maybe if someone would rest restart the server, if if there was like a some problem, maybe mm-hmm. you would face so, the same, some of the same issues. Like uh, the, the storage in the cloud is better. Yeah. You cannot re- replicate the, the way the things that Amazon is doing. There's no way you can have such a such a storage or something. Yeah, right? yeah, this what, is what I believe. Would, but but I mean, before you moved yeah. to the cloud, it was like I don't know how how uh, when was it five years ago or six years ago, yeah. I guess. And uh, of course, Aurora storage is amazing. So if if you if you look how Aurora uh, writes, you know, to the disk and how it replicates the data, so Aurora is just I would say a a engine, a stateless engine on top of really nice yes, distributed yes, storage. Yes, exactly. so it is a... Just an application. Yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah. an application. Yeah. <laughs> impressive, impressive. Yeah. So uh, uh, today, look, look. Uh, let, let me tell you what my today's stack is. So mm-hmm. let, let's compare things. You know. So yeah. uh, today we use Quarkus. Wow, mainly. okay, cool. It's 100% Quarkus now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really impressed what uh, Micronaut did and what Quarkus does yeah. for the job, for Java world. Yeah. So... That's also one of the things where I see that this is how Java EE should look like. Like if we talk about that bad Java one conference when everyone was like super sad. Yeah. This is this is it. Yeah. Like so, Quarkus. Uh, 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 why I use Quarkus and not Micronaut? Uh, I say again, Micronaut is great. I really like the community. I really like what they're doing. The only thing like we saw with Quarkus is like there's so many uh, things that we already know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't use ORMs too much, but there is a hibernate. Yeah. There is a micro profile. Yeah. Which is one of the best things that ever happened, Java. Mm-hmm. Okay, again. Mm-hmm. So you have all these familiar things. And uh okay, it starts in a second. Okay, you can you can easily, easily try things and you can simulate stuff in, in locally. And uh so Quarkus is a is the way to go. It doesn't matter if you use even if you don't think about using Graal VM, mm-hmm. it's super easy to develop in Quarkus and, and move to another level. Mm-hmm. I would say like uh, we, we use Glassfish and Payara and uh, and also we still use Open Liberty. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's our, if we use Java EE, we use Open Liberty now. Mm-hmm. But when I compare the startup times mm-hmm. or of Quarkus 
not native one. That's mm-hmm. that's another level. Okay, just the, just the Quarkus with Java, with uh, with Open Liberty, it's 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 a huge difference. I can start a, a, a container in uh, in AWS Fargate in in twenty seconds from scratch, you know, and and it just works. Mm-hmm. That you, I cannot do that. I mean, whatever people say. Uh, my op- my open liberty stuff starts in like two minutes mm-hmm. because there's a huge thing. So it's a, it's a okay. Maybe we have like a, a one gigabyte of all libraries just that's a packed there or something that you know when when you when you do a big application. But still, I'm saying that uh, Quarkus is super fast. Okay. Yeah. And then Quarkus en- enabled us to build uh, lambdas. Yes. In a way that I can actually write a REST endpoint. Mm-hmm. With with Quarkus Lambda extension for REST, you know, for example. So I still use the same way of uh, uh, writing, like REST API, JAX-RS, mm-hmm. and I use my Lambda. I'm all, okay. Well, this is super easy. Okay, I, locally I can test REST stuff. I can I can deploy it in Lambda, and that that whole netty thing that comes in in between just to to, to enable that it just takes maybe like extra. 100, 200 milliseconds to for a you know, cold start, you know, it's 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 kind of a slowing it down just to start netty, but doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. The cold start is like a it's, it doesn't doesn't really exist anyway. Yeah. So I'm saying that the Quarkus was a big thing to us. So we moved to Quarkus two years ago when it was at the beginning. So now the stack is Quarkus. From where you uh, moved uh, to Quarkus from Payara or from where? Yeah, I mean it was old Java E stack. Yeah. It was. Uh, but uh, we already moved to Open Liberty, okay. you know, and, and now we are most most of the things are now in serverless Java. Mm-hmm. So we uh, operate uh, all these things like in 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 the in AWS uh, when you want to deploy some stuff, some infrastructure, you deploy it in a, in something which is called CloudFormation. You know mm-hmm. that just for the audience. So like uh, with the with CDK, it's a, uh, uh, what, what Amazon did with that project is that you can actually write Java code. And define the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So we also we are, again we are going back in time. You know, so we, we saw that. Oh, you're things. also doing this. Yeah. This is great. Uh, what do you, actually yeah. we 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 are we well, yeah, are I mean, replicating our brains without you know without talking to each other. And yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I realized that you know when when I saw you talking about CDK, I said, well, look now now we can talk. You know, this is the same. Exactly. This is the same thing. Like we have uh, define a GMS. Yeah. Okay. Define SQS. It's the same thing. Yeah. Maybe it's not in the same class. Maybe it's not in just the same annotation. But still, we are doing it in Java. Yeah. So what what AWS did is like they democratized the the whole infrastructure thing and brought it back to developers. Yeah. So me as a, so in, in my company, there's only one uh, GitHub repo, and in that same repo, there is a infrastructure for the project and also the code for the project. Yeah. So you just jump in from one class to another class and define. The queue, define how you use the queue, define all the permissions to the queue, blah, blah, blah. And you use it like uh, uh, you as a developer, Java developer, can deploy that easily in the cloud. You don't need to ask someone to, okay, can you enable this queue for me? Can you yeah. do this for me? Can Anyway, so the whole stack is just now in, in, in Java. Uh, we do some, we do a lot of uh, uh, CDK stuff also in TypeScript, which is... Uh, Mm-hmm. So it was, which was, you know, the, the thing is, it's easier if you do a lot of JSON. No, so <laughs> Goran, yes. nobody is perfect, you know. But yeah. <laughs> what I, but I give you a killer feature of CDK. So one thing is that it's Java. The another thing is, um, 
it's a little bit hard to explain, but if you look at the Amazon service APIs, they are all the same for all clients. What you know what I mean? So I mean they yeah. have to, right? Yeah. So what we get yeah. the first time in the history of Java, a true reuse. Because yeah. you can write, you know, that access to SQS once and it's going to be the same for everyone. I mean has to, because the, the Amazon API is always the same. So now what we are doing actually, uh, we are using uh Java Pojos and encapsulating interesting parts, and now comes the cool part, and we're pushing this to Nexus. And now a new developer can just say, for instance, one project can say, new Fargate microservice, and convention of a configuration, so you attended the workshop, you know me, you only have to say name of the service. And with the name of the service, we already say, okay, this is the name of the project. Uh, we say, okay, this this is going to be, you know, a default uh, RAM. And there is one liner, and you have a microservice up and running. And if this changes, we push it to <coughs> Nexus once yes. again, and and this and and this new best practices apply to everyone. And this is unique, I would say, because with TypeScript, you will have to use npm or whatever. But uh, in, uh, in 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 Maven, it is we store the stuff exactly, in Maven anyway. Exactly. This exactly. is this is the same. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly. reuse. I don't know whether you fiddled with Terraform, for instance. So Terraform is great, but if you use, you know, you have the enterprise offering with the registry. But um, with CDK, you have the Maven, and now it comes. The state is maintained by AWS. You don't have to exactly. think, you know, where it is. Co- it, it is already a stack. With the change sets, yes. you go to the console and you see exactly what was created. And and for me, it is simplicity again, you know. And yeah, this is what uh, what what was. Yeah, what, but, but look at look yeah. at what the problem is. Like uh, the the when you jump into the cloud, there's always a promise that the cloud would, would be able to scale indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are no limits, you know. That that's what's one of the issues we have to talk about now. Like the limits of the cloud. Yeah, even you know, example, I mean, yeah, but 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 if you start with the cloud, you get it. You start with five IP addresses in the VPC. This is the first limit you will hit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but most. Of, but let, let me give you like more things. Like, uh, for example, you want to push to your. Uh, you have millions of messages per day, mm-hmm. and you want to push all these messages to SQS. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that. You know, you, no. you cannot just put uh, unlimited number of messages per second to 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 some queue. You may perceive that, that okay, this is AWS's thing. I, I don't have to care about that. You can only run one thousand uh, lambda functions at the same time, yeah, unless you, can you increase the you limit. Can, you can ask, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can you can push the limit more uh, up, but okay, it, it won't happen automatically. So, uh, the things that that you can do with these constructs, you can define a construct that would uh, that you can call like unlimited queue mm-hmm. for Adam's company. And then everyone else would use that queue and put the message in it. But then you, uh, it, it, uh, in inside that construct, you may say, "Okay, now I'm going to handle this queue through SQS." But mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm going to change that. I'm going to use Kafka or 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 Firehose Kinesis. or so. Yeah. Kinesis, sorry, and, and then stuff like that. So you can have like a something uh, like a a business business object called unlimited queue. Yeah. You know. So that's just something that. With this, like uh, we need more uh, patterns or or constructs that we can reuse, just like you said, like Nexus or something. You can reuse that whole, that same thing, business thing, and uh, uh, and what we are doing in our company, we're actually building these building blocks 
so we can reuse them. So developers don't have to think that much because, yeah. you know, if you, if, whenever you use a service, if you have to think about all the limits, it's not easy. Yeah. It's, and and don't, don't even developers, uh, for instance, yesterday I created a, a code pipeline with CDK, and there are small things you have to think about. You know, I have no, you have to create the S3 bucket first, then grant permissions to the code pipeline, create code build. And, and so it is nice to be able to encapsulate that in a construct exactly. so you then have to, you know, to think about this again because you cannot remember everything. And, um, and if there is a mistake, you can improve it by releasing a new version to Maven. So for me, it is like very, very, very natural. But um, And also, you know, if yeah. you're doing the code pipeline, you know, you can now, uh, uh, there's a, like a, a self-mutating uh, 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 yeah. code pipeline. So yeah, you exactly. Can, once, you, once you do it now, you just change the code pipeline, push it to, to GitHub, and it will self-mutate so you don't have to push yeah. it again. But to for, the, the, for, for so, the audience, we have to clarify because yeah. this is a little meta. So how this works is that the CDK emits cloud formation. If you think about this, a CICD process is also can be provisioned by CDK. Yes. And now we have the problem that the <laughs> that the CI/CD project builds a true project. So now what you can do is self-mutating pipeline is you can check in in one repository the pipeline which is basically empty and is executed the first time the the pipeline executes your own CDK and now we got you know the pipeline just creates itself which is crazy. Yes. So um I do it in yeah. the second step. So I created you no know, the uh, uh, a hard coded pipeline first because otherwise, if yes. someone sees that, it's too much. It's just like you know, and 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 then it is very easy to migrate to the self mutating. But pipeline. at the end, you just create one construct, and yeah. this is yeah. how you do that in Adam's company, you know. So yeah, but but, but, but my company, know, I'm one man show. This is the cool story, right? So. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So no, no concurrency, no, no, no. Not trade, because you said you know, it's a great tip to not not to sell a company or be a singleton. For me, I yeah, fully focus, yeah. focus on technology. So there is actually... But in your mind, you know, maybe you can have like one day you think so one way, the other day you think another way, you know, like it's it's, it's also multi-threaded, yeah. even if it's, if it's a, a single a main company. But let, let me just, just focus for a second on these things like limits. So every service in AWS has limits. But they're well documented. We to, exactly. But you know, it's it's you have to read it. And it's a lot it's a lot of knowledge, you know, for someone just coming in, you, you, you know, how many times did you think about how, what is the capacity of JMS when it, when it's running uh, locally on premise? I, I never, never thought about like, what's the capacity I could like push how, I mean, unlimited. I was thinking that it's unlimited. Of course it was not like, even if it was, it was local, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, uh, some services in AWS, like MySQL or Postgres and stuff, they, they, yes, they are managed for you. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, you, you don't have to think about anything. Like Aurora is great. Mm -hmm. You can clone a database for developers to check something like mm -hmm. 10 terabyte database in, in 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then just it, it will just start like the differences will just start recording to another location. So the storage is like super smart. So you can clone a giant database for developer purposes in a second. You cannot do that on, on, on locally. It's mm -hmm. not easy. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's so hard to manage data, a database properly. And with all these readers that, that like have a, a, a latency of like a couple of milliseconds, you, there's no chance you can compare to that. But then don't forget that it still runs the same MySQL code mm -hmm. or Postgre code. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's just the storage layer that is replaced, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the things are replaced just to be for them. Like, uh, uh, but but still, it's MySQL mm-hmm. with all the bugs, all the issues that MySQL has. Mm-hmm. So, if you really want to dive into something that 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 Amazon is like kind of providing a guarantee, then maybe you should think about stuff which is uh, uh, different, like DynamoDB database, exactly. like stuff like that. So, which brings us to another thing in, in AWS also, like AWS with DynamoDB and Lambda uh, forces us to, uh, to, to make projects simpler, to make queries simpler, to make everything simpler, so we can run millions of them in parallel, you know. Just forget about this giant, big, complex function that you had, like with, with implicit transactions and stuff like that, connecting to many services. Split it. Split it, make like many small calls, and then it will work in cloud. So, like, uh, so this is something like with the Dynamo, mm-hmm. you have to simplify the model of, of thinking and the, the model of database and stuff. So, if you do that, you will be able to scale. Yeah, but um, w- one thing which I see differently is the issue with two phase commit was not us developers, the problem was the business department because they wanted to have everything consistent. You know, they wanted to say, okay, every everything yes, yes, has to be yes, consistent yes, all the time. Yes, but yes, if you yes. move to the cloud, you have to explain, we have to think about consistency twice. First, consistency is expensive. So if you go to DynamoDB, you pay way more for consistent uh, transactions than for eventual consistent transactions. And uh, But it is not always possible. So the trouble you had, you attempted, you know, to write to the database and JMSQ at the same time. But what you could do, you, you could you could use Debezium. Back then, it was not Debezium, of course. But you could use Debezium, and but it would be not the same. I would say not at the same time. You would see some delay, and what happened now? Nobody has a problem with the delays anymore. Everyone is custom to slide, you know, asynchronous processing. So the world changed. The expectation that everything has to be consistent is no more there. Exactly. So. And Especially if you, if, if you use like external services. Sorry, yeah. if you use external services, like if you're sending emails through send email, yeah, so to send to through send grid, yeah. If you're sending text messages yeah. through Twilio or something, yeah, then there's no rollback. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah. you have to think about that now. Like, and previously with with all these things integrated, these uh, things like sending a thousand text messages to a single person during mm-hmm. the night, that w- wouldn't be happen. Uh, that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Because of all these implicit transactions and distributed way of thinking and rollbacks, it just didn't happen. Yeah. But now with this, like my, one of my clients actually got like hundreds of text messages during the night. Mm-hmm. So then I said, okay, this service needs to be somewhere else with with a a, a, a check duplication check and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then we had to invest in checking. Okay, does does our service provider Mm-hmm. provide a check for du- du- duplication check also you know like mm-hmm. just like you said with with sqs matches you so we can also check it, uh, uh, for duplication mm-hmm. you know stuff so uh, we need to think more but yeah. it's possible yeah it, it's it's it, it you you can do that but it's 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 a bit harder of course it's like business wants uh, things to be done easily i want to be able to easily uh, as as a business owner, I want to be able to easily replace a developer with someone who will just jump in and write code and not 
uh, without having all this knowledge, you know. So that's it's hard to jump in into all these AWS stuff. Like, uh, yeah. there's a lot of way, that lot of things you have to you have to you have to learn these days. You know? So, but still, you know, see, Java still works. Like for all these years, I, I still write code in Java, and uh, I can compile that uh, code uh, in, uh, and, and run it like in super fast, super scalable in AWS. It's it's amazing, you know. So with with, with GraalVM, we are compiling. Uh, just one thing for everyone, like maybe that's it's a it's a good thing to to do. Like uh, we always compile both in Quarkus. First we compile to to uh, to Java, then we compile to native. Mm-hmm. We always provide through a stack mm-hmm. both executables mm-hmm. for the project. Mm-hmm. So in 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 CDK, you can choose. Okay, for this function, I'll go native. For this function, I'll go I'll, I'll go with Java. Mm-hmm. So you can. You can try and move uh, uh, safely, like because it's it's not easy. Like that that whole thing is, you know. Did, did you ever read like Quarkus readme file, like release notes? It's a, it's like hundreds hundreds of things you have to, all these things you have to learn every time. So many changes, incredible. Yeah. How can you have a have a track of all the things that that can impact you? Yeah. It's super hard. Yeah. So I'm saying that uh, uh, you can. You have to. Uh, uh, you have to. If you want to move to native, try compiling everything all the time. It's just a couple of yeah. maybe a, like extra minute of compile compilation time. But you can have both things deployed, and you can switch and test. Of course, in production. And, and another tip: maybe you are using this already. What I use uh, in my project, I do exactly the same. But I'm using uh, EC2 spot instances with user data to compile the native images. They cost almost nothing, and they are crazy fast. So um, I have, you know, an ARM instance yeah. and an Intel instance. A spot means this is very cheap, huge instances, and they compile the GraalVM code really fast. So what yeah, amazes me, we do almost the same. And uh, the last time we met was five, six years ago. I never heard about you. You just pinged me on Twitter, and uh, we do... Almost the same. And by the way, in all my projects, I also use Quarkus. Um, for asynchronous lambdas, I just use nothing. So uh, I don't need any dependency injection. It's just even simpler. It looks Java like 1995. You know, there is just Java and, and, and nothing else. So I don't. I use Quarkus. And, and let me tell you, pure JDBC. That's what I do now. Yeah. No more ORM, Hibernate stuff like, I mean, just pure JDBC if I need it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Uh, I try to to use DynamoDB more, and the reason is uh, maybe we should meet again and talk a little bit more about AWS and uh, architectures and costs especially. So the great story about DynamoDB is there is nothing to provision. So you just say, I would like to have a new table with CDK, and you have the table. So the, the the downside of DynamoDB is you have to rethink how you model, you know, the partition key and sort key. And uh, I mean, I like it, but this is completely different to 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 Postgres or MySQL. So, but if you go with Aurora or with RDS, it takes at least five minutes, you know, to provision the database. And the CDK is more complex. You have to think about more things, like uh, you know, you will need at least have to KMS uh, secret. Which is shared between Quarkus and uh, and 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 Postgres, and DynamoDB is just I would say DynamoDB is cloud native because yeah, it starts it, it, it starts through a HTTP API. Yeah, it started in the cloud. And uh, w- why I like Dynamo is Dynamo. There was a DynamoDB paper, and on the DynamoDB paper, most databases like Cassandra are based. 
So it means if you use yes. Dynamo, you know, you, you use the real NoSQL thing, and most of the database are using DynamoDB anyway. So at the AirHex workshop, I did a, a few years ago, like uh, Persistence Day. So we actually look at the DynamoDB paper, and I explain, you know, all the concepts, uh, how, how, how NoSQL is working with, you know, the uh, the uh, quorum and and how the uh, how the instances are replicated and uh, and and now we can just use it. I mean this uh, and, and and this is what I would say if you go to the cloud, look at the cloud native services first because I mean or stay at home and you can also run still your Kubernetes on premise. So there's you shouldn't go to the cloud. But sometimes I see you know people are going to the cloud and they don't know why. If I ask them why you have to you know, use the, the cloud service, they say, like, yeah, we have to. They say, like, yeah, but this is a mess because if you do the same, what you did at home in the cloud, it probably won't work or it's going to be very expensive. I would say that, that the question of going to the cloud is like, uh, it's it's not that I have to, you know, that's something that I want, you know. I, I want to focus on what's really important on this edge, you know, like the next generation of all, in AWS of all these things is like no code. Like integrate stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, you know. That, but but still, you have like uh, uh, state machines. You have queues. You have hey, all these components. Do it this next time. We we should talk yeah. about this next time. Okay. Otherwise, okay. it's going to be okay. it, it going to oh, be yeah. too it's, too long. Um, where exactly. people can find you on the internet? What's your company? Uh, uh, yeah. And can they hire uh, you for services? Can, are you selling something or no? If someone would like to have great system, can you hire you or? I mean, everyone can hire me if there's something really interesting. And uh, okay. that's, a, you know, like these days we are all connected and easily connected and, mm -hmm. and find each other, you know, but the, the best way to, to, to find each other is on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like it's, uh, that, that's the way to go now. Uh, it's, it's just like, I, I'm so old that I have uh, first name, last name on all services. Like so Goran Opacic is on GORA and OPACIC on every service. On Gmail, I have a, just plain uh, Gmail address, you know, like no numbers extra. So okay. I'm saying that uh, <laughs> in on on uh, uh, being so old has some 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 like uh, cool cool things. Anyway, like Twitter, uh, uh, I have, have blog post uh, made about cloud. Yeah. What's uh, the but, what's your uh, blog? But yeah, okay, made about dot cloud. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it's 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 mostly about uh, databases, but I'm trying to uh, make a bridge between old stuff and new stuff, like serverless and relational databases. It's okay. not, not easy to connect these worlds, you know. Yeah. So, so I'm trying just to, to, to bring people to the cloud so they can see that it's not that they must go to the cloud. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a pure love now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, thank you. It was fun. It was really fun to meet you again. I mean... You you always you always like cheer up the room. That's that's the thing. Like so, that's why I liked all these presentations so far. Before, like I hope will uh, uh, the DevOps will run again this year, so we can we can meet there. So so that that's that's the that's the place to go. In Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Great, great. Thanks, Adam.